welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this, your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care and your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for bi-weekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into today's lesson. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast. I hope your day is going well for you. I want to start out this podcast episode by saying I was judgmental. I looked at those people sitting in the chemotherapy chairs alone and couldn't believe their family or their spouse or a friend wasn't sitting with them. I thought to myself, I will never do that to my spouse. I will never do that to my parent. I would sit there no matter what. Those were my thoughts in 2017 when my dad and my spouse had chemotherapy, and then again in 2019. Well, today, I didn't. I attended my spouse's oncology appointment, got his lab results, talked to the doctor, and then he got his orders to go down to the chemotherapy clinic and sit in his chemotherapy chair and get his very long seven hours of chemotherapy today. And I left. After much thought and discussion with my spouse, I'm laughing because I'm a little nervous here. After much thought and discussion with my spouse, I have made the, this made the decision that I don't have to be at everything. He will be okay. And he is really in good care. And I can spend time away and, and more time and energy elsewhere. I feel like this is a huge mindset shift for me. I feel like this is a huge growth for me. It has taken me a very, very long time to do this. I don't have to be in control of everything. And I'm kind of a control freak. And I don't have to be there for everything. And yes, I had to fight the guilt. And I call them the gremlins in my head saying that I should be there. And if I'm not there, I'm not a good caregiver. That's what the gremlins in my head is saying. But it's not right. But I know that the biggest mistakes I see caregivers make is stretching themselves so thin 
that the stress and burnout sets in very fast. And this time around, I feel the same way. I'm stretching myself so very thin that I had to. And I think this gift that came to me to go ahead and let this happen is just meant to be. As a matter of fact, I was sitting at the oncology doc in the in in the oncology doctor waiting room today, observing, observing today. And I could not, I could not not see the other family caregivers that were with their loved ones. I could see it in their faces. I could hear it in their discussions that they were having and the body languages of these family caregivers sitting with their loved ones. And I saw that they were stressing or they were burning out or they were feeling something. I'll give you two examples. First one, it's hard work to bring a parent in for appointment, especially a parent that can't be very mobile. And sometimes the words that they say to each other are kind of shocking to hear. This son was bringing his mom for his uh, appointment, and he looked exhausted and frustrated. She was in her wheelchair, and he, uh, she was carrying, they had their their cane along with them. She had her handbag. She had an additional bag, assuming that they were going in for chemotherapy for the long day. And, and maybe it was the 7.30 in the morning that caused him frustration. So that was one of them that I observed. The other one was a mom bringing in their young son to an appointment. And they were sitting in the chair by us, and she was checking her watch. And she kept texting and checking her, her phone at the same time. And then she leaned over to her son to say, I hope this doesn't take too much longer. I got to get to work. And it looked like she was stressing out over work. And her son was sitting there kind of getting antsy too. And it's just all of those stresses that happen when you're trying to go ahead and make appointments and getting your loved ones to appointments. And so I just really learned a lot about myself, like I said, in the last few weeks. Three weeks ago, my husband Dennis was going in for his third round of chemotherapy. And I think I've said it in the previous podcast. And I always want to be there for the chemotherapy and especially the oncology appointment. We go through the his lab results and I have learned with my dad and my mom and uh, Dennis two times that the first round, you kind of want to be in the know as a caregiver because you want to go ahead and see how everything progresses. You want to see how much time everything takes. In Dennis's first round, he had allergic reactions. And so I wanted to make sure that with Dennis when we did it three weeks ago, but the b- biggest thing that I came to the realization of is he sits in his chair. Most of the time he brings his earbuds along and his iPad along. The nurse is constantly there helping him. There's volunteers that check in with him so often asking him if he needs anything like warm blankets or water or whatever. And I 
I would sit in, and, and it's a comfortable chair, but it's not like the your your living room chair. It's it's kind of the combination of a car table chair and like a waiting room chair. So the chairs aren't comfortable, but you, you sit in there. And Dennis's chemotherapy is about seven hours each day, and we do that for three days in a row. And so after the first day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so sluggish and so tired from sitting there. And I think he feels uncomfortable with me sitting there because I get antsy. Sure, I have my laptop along and my phone and my journal, and I try to keep myself busy, but it's a long day. And I think that I came to the realization after the second day that I think I don't have to be here this time, which was really shocking for me to hear because, like I said, I am such a people pleaser. I'm such a control freak. But when I had those conversations with Dennis, I was like a little leery to have them. But I said to him, how would you feel about me being there for your oncology doctor appointment, your lab work, I could drop you off and I could pick you up and I could check in with you. Do you really want me and need me to be there the whole entire time? And he was like very supportive. He was so supportive. And it was almost like I breathed in a breath of fresh air to think, yeah, what could I potentially do? Because I know you are all in situations like this as well, where do you really, you have to ask yourself, do you really need to go ahead and be there every step of the way in your loved one's care, especially when somebody else is caring for them, especially when the oncology nurse is there and we had Scott the first couple of days and he had another nurse the last day and they're there probably every 10 minutes they're at his chair doing something throughout the time. They're either checking on him or they're changing a bag or they're going ahead and giving him instructions. His nurse navigator is there. As a matter of fact, I thought about this long and hard when I am there it kind of is almost like they don't have to go ahead and do some of the other things. For example, when their nurse navigator, when when I'm there, the nurse navigator doesn't have to go ahead and make the appointments or they don't have to, I do it. And so it's kind of nice to be able to say, nope, I'm going to take a step back and not be there and I'll let the process happen. Trust his team to take care of him. Trust that he can go ahead and he's capable of answering his own questions. And it would probably be good for him to go ahead and be able to relax more and not have to worry about me sitting next to him. It, it, so it, it it's really hard. I, I'm sitting here today. It's Monday, um, Monday, December 13th. He had his appointment at eight o'clock with the with his labs and then nine o'clock with the doctor. I was home by about 10 o'clock and it's 1130 now and he's getting chemotherapy. It feels very weird right now to be here knowing that 
in the past, I would have been sitting by his chair the whole time. And so I have to go ahead and start feeling okay with this. And you can feel it. You could probably hear it in my voice. I'm okay, but I'm not okay. But on the flip side, I am proud of the growth that I'm making. And I'm also still concerned, but I have to be concerned and confident in his team, knowing that, you know what? I have my phone here. So if something would happen or they would need something, they could call me. But think about if your loved one is in a situation where there's opportunity for you. What could you do for yourself during this time? I think about what I can do. I am actually recording my podcast during this time because if I couldn't do it, I would have had to do it yesterday or I would have to do it this evening. I have that time now to do it today. As a matter of fact, I came home, I I went ahead and mopped the floor, I went ahead and vacuumed, I actually caught up on the bills that I had to pay for, I'm going to record my podcast, and I might sneak in a nap before I have to pick him up. I'm going to pick him up with a better attitude, I'm going to pick him up with a lot more support. I'm going to be able to listen to him more versus when I left three weeks ago with him, I was even more exhausted and I didn't do anything. I sat there. I sat there the whole entire time. So I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to think about what you do with your loved one and what care you're providing to your loved one and at what capacity, and are there any opportunities where you can shift, where you can grow, where you can go ahead and release some of that that obligation that's really okay to release. I don't know how else to word it, but that's kind of where I'm thinking of. Where else would you have that? I think I've said this in the past, but I'm going to bring it up again, is I know when my husband went to the Y, the YMCA, about a year ago, he would go in right after work, and there would be a gentleman there, and he would always be working out at the same time. My husband would have conversations with him, and he's like, hi, how are you doing? They would have a discussion, and he says, yep, I come during this time because my wife has a nurse coming into the home at this time, and she goes ahead and does the bathing and does anything that she needs to do, and that gives me this hour every day for me to come to the gym. And I thought, what a great thing. As a caregiver, you're utilizing the resources and the team that you have. Is there a friend that's coming over to your home or is your family coming over to your home where you can say, hey, when you come over for this time today, I'm just going to go ahead and walk around the block for a little bit, or I need to go ahead and get an errand done, or I need to go ahead and do something for myself. I think there's ways that we can go ahead and find that piece and start small and trying little things. So I I wanted to share this lesson with you because I think it is is something. And when we're pushed up against the wall and when when I think I was feeling my worst 3 weeks ago, 
I think what has happened now, I don't know how to explain it, but this evolution has kind of happened for me. And I'm like, hmm, it feels kind of good to and empowering to be able to say, I'm going to try this and see if it works. Now, if it crashes and burns and I don't and something would happen, well, then I'm going to know that I have to be there again. But right now, I don't have to. As a matter of fact, I know, I know this journey is going to be long for me. And you all are also probably facing this as well. This journey is not short. As a matter of fact, today now, if it looks like his chemotherapy is respond or his cancer and or his chemotherapy is responding very well to the cancer. He had said that his lab work looked like it was responding well. Uh, Dennis's symptoms are changing, so that's responding well. His lymph nodes are going down, all optimistic signs. And when the doctor then had said, okay, we're going to do the follow-up on this day, you're going to do a PET scan on this day, and then you're going to, we're going to need you to go to your, the the uh, other lymphoma doctor in Milwaukee on, I think they had said between Christmas and New Year's, then at that point, we start progressing to the next level, which is hopefully knock on wood, the stem cell transplant. So I know that's going to be a long and winding road because it's going to probably have me commuting many, many times back and forth from my hometown in, in south south of Green Bay to Milwaukee, which is going to be an hour and a half to two hours in wintry weather. And it's going to be, require me to stay at, uh, 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 it's called Kathy's house in Milwaukee. So I'm going to have to stay there on occasion. And it's going to require uh, my husband, Dennis, to be in Freighter Hospital for a while, if all goes well. And so again, finding different opportunities to go ahead and recharge is what we need to focus in on as caregivers. And so if you're feeling stress and burnout, or you have this inkling that you have stress and burnout, first of all, I want you to go ahead and get my free resource at kathylvan.com forward slash caregiver stress. And that's Kathy with a C. They'll show you the symptoms. If that's the case, then I want you to think about your options and consider this episode as a possible option. Also, if you think you are maybe a people pleaser, and you can't, you can't do this. I want you to think about what is your caregiver style? Because if you are a people pleaser, that might be the reason. I have another free resource for you. It's kathylvan.com forward slash quiz. And it's going to let you find out if you are a people pleaser, or maybe you're just a go-getter, and or you're living in the past, which is a nostalgic. If you are a people pleaser, then you need to listen to this episode again, because you need to go ahead and start releasing some of those people pleasing pieces. So I hope this helped today, gave you some food for thought, because in a nutshell, caregiving has to start with you. You are managing this caregiving journey for your loved one. And so if you are not there, to take care of them, and you're struggling, then you need to take a step back 
and look at what can I do to get healthier mentally, physically, emotionally. And secondly, I'm trying to remember what it is. I lost my train of thought. And secondly, caregiving starts with you first. And and you need to go ahead and enjoy and embrace every moment. And when you are so exhausted and tired and overwhelmed, you're not going to embrace these moments. You don't want to look at yourself one year from now and wish you were in which you change things. I want you to have the courage to try new things, to try new things and try something new. And who cares? If it doesn't work, you go back to the drawing board and start something else. But you try new things to see if that's going to change and make things a little bit better and less stressful for you. Because what I wish on you, my friend, is less stress, less burnout, and more joy and gratitude in this season. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.